We continued our Magic City tour and stopped off at the Moxie Hotel in South Beach to sit down with Alan Drummond. After growing up in Mexico City, Alan had a dream of bringing authentic Mexican cuisine around the world, with the first stop being a little place called Wynwood. Alan put Wynwood on the map by opening Coyo Taco, a fresh Mexican street food experience. He then brought Miami its first ever food hall, 1-800-LUCKY, and now spearheads all food and beverage efforts at the Oasis Wynwood and the Moxie Hotel in South Beach. Tonight we learn how Alan pursued his childhood dream and is now expanding around the globe, one taco at a time. The entrepreneurial spirit is the cornerstone of the American dream, a beacon to all willing to weave their story into the fabric of our history. I'm Elliot Dweck, and this is From the Founder. Alan Drummond, the Coyo Taco Man himself. Thank you. It's great, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for inviting me. So let's go back to your roots. Let's go back to Mexico. Is it Mexico City? Yes. I was born in a place called Coyoacan in Mexico City. It's the Wynwood of Mexico City. So the, okay, I can see what attracted you to Wynwood now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The food and everything all draws from when I grew up in Mexico. The different, my favorite restaurants, my favorite parts of town. I took the whole team, the chef and everyone, to my different parts of town. Oh, you brought them to Mexico? Brought them to Mexico, so they, so they got the inspired, they, they could feel it. My managers, everyone came with us. And the idea is to try to not imitate, but to try to expand and show you know, the, the authentic Mexican culture. When you're growing up in Mexico, did anything specific turn you on to hospitality? Yes, I think that I think that it's in Mexican blood to be hospitable. I think right. that it's it's part of our culture. So um, it was always an interest for me to host people, to have people in my house, to cook, to make drinks. Um, so I would say that a lot of a lot of my inspiration drew from from growing up in Mexico. So after you grew up in Mexico, you then went to study in Switzerland. Yes. So um, I went to La Roche. Um, it's a hospitality school, so... Top three hospitality schools in the world. Yes, exactly. My original goal was to bring Mexican food, Mexican drinks, and Mexican culture to different parts of the world. Somewhere else out of Mexico. Out of Mexico. Mm -hmm. Right. Which you did. Yep. <laughs> so you didn't just study in Switzerland. You lived in how many different countries? Ten different countries. Ten different countries. So um, thanks to studying hospitality, I, I managed to live in the Middle East, in Abu Dhabi. I lived in Belgium, I lived in London, in the Caribbean, and when in you, New York. When, when you're living in these places, you're, not, you, you're actually working in hospitality in each of these cities. Yes, all those times I was working in hotels, so I, different jobs, I was either a concierge, I was a waiter, um, I was a manager, I was a housekeeper. So all of these places I was gaining um, knowledge in hospitality, but at the same time living there and learning about the culture. Now, at what point do you say, okay, I want to stop traveling and I'm ready to start something on my own? Uh, that's an interesting question. So um, this happened when I was in the Middle East. Okay. Um, at the time I was working for Starwood, um, I was actually the HR director for the St. Regis in Abu Dhabi. Cool. I was the youngest director um, in the region and I suddenly realized that all the other people around me were kind of stuck in this corporate mindset, you know, kind of in the corporate wheel. Right. And I just told myself, if, if I don't make a move right now, I'm, I'm gonna be stuck in this forever. Breaking free from corporate is very hard. 
because of everything that they give you, housing, trips, right. the uh, kind of comfort of having that you know paycheck every every month. But the situation helped me um, decide that if I'm going to try something, I need to try it now. I set out to open a taqueria in the Middle East. So when I was going to do this is when the Arab Spring hit and it just wasn't a good time for investment. Right. And it was out of chance. I came to Miami for a concert. I came to visit uh, Sven, a good friend of mine that I used to work with in, in the Caribbean. And he said, um, why don't we do the taqueria here? And I said, I'm sure there's a lot of taquerias. I'm sure the market's been overwhelmed. And lo and behold, in Miami, there, there really wasn't a good Mexican restaurant. You happened to be sleeping by a friend in Miami. On his couch. Just because you were here for a concert. Yeah. You didn't think, oh, you know, Miami's a place where I think this is going to succeed. No, to be frank with you, before I came here, I had a very bad impression of Miami. What was I had it? this idea of, of the kind of plastic Miami where there's a lot of sur like surgery and and people are here to show off and, and buy bottles. You thought it was LA. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was LA. And Sven, luckily, I was on his couch. He showed me the other side of Miami. So he right. took me to Wynwood and I saw that there was some culture here that you didn't have to be in the spotlight. Um, he showed me this really nice part of Miami and that's where we set, we set our roots in, in Wynwood. In Wynwood. And this is before Wynwood was Wynwood. This is before Wynwood was Wynwood. You were one of the guys that put Wynwood on the map. Yes, I would say that with Panther Coffee, us and Wood, the three of us kind of really, really started it. Why did you pick that part? It was this kind of sketchy neighborhood, um, but we had the feeling that something was gonna come there and I think it was the best decision we ever made. So you open up this taqueria in Wynwood. Yeah, seven years ago. Seven years ago. Are you thinking about scaling or at that point you're just like, okay, this is what I want to do. I have my taqueria, I'm bringing the Mexican culture here and I'm, I'm okay. I think it was always in the back of my head that we wanted to scale, but I didn't think it was possible. It sounded like it was a pipe dream. I don't come from a lot of money. My father's a biologist. Um, we didn't have a lot of contacts, so we didn't, we were dreaming big, but we, at this time when I did the financial run, I was happy if we were gonna have 100 people through the door every day, and I could get a return on investment, you know, with $100,000, but we opened the doors and there were 3,000 people a day. Um, we crushed all of the numbers that, that we thought we were gonna do, and it just kind of took us by surprise. Wow. You felt like, the, the authentic Mexican cuisine was missing. Absolutely. We bring our nixtamal from Mexico and we, we grind it ourselves. And even though we have 3,000 people in that first location, every single tortilla is pressed by hand and made by hand. So now you have 12 different Coyo tacos all around the world, five on the way. So you'll have 17 by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. You have a bunch in Miami, but you, you managed to get into Europe. Where, where are all these locations? Sure, so we have two locations in Dominican Republic. We have a Coyo Taco in Panama. And then in, in Portugal, we have two in Lisbon, and we have one in Porto. And we also have a location in Paris, in France. And how many people do you employ throughout these locations? Um, so direct employees, um, 480. Nice. How did you pick which countries you wanted to open in? We never picked the countries. Actually, what we picked is the people. Got it. it. Must feel awesome to have restaurants 
in this building, you have this rooftop, what a location. Absolutely. I never choose a location, I choose a partner. And Mitch was the right guy, he had the vision. He believed, he believed in us and, and said, go wild with a budget, you know, build your mezcal tree, build, build whatever you want to build. Yeah. So that helped a lot. That's awesome. We opened the first mezcaleria in Miami in the back of Koyo. So Koyo is a restaurant, but we have this lounge hidden in the back and we've had everyone perform there. It's, it's become a kind of very knowledgeable thing here. We yeah. have, we've had Travis Scott perform, we've had Diplo perform, Major Lazer, um, Dwayne Wade celebrated his birthday party there. It's, it's kind of a big deal, even if it's a small fo footprint. And what, what attracts them to, to come? I think the fact that it's, we're not really interested at that stage in profit. What we wanted to do was preserve the culture. Um, I think that's, those are the sort of things that attracted. That's why Barack Obama came to Koyo. Barack that has Obama made us came real. to Koyo. Yeah. The moment that he came in and it got filmed, you know, we got, I think, 80 million views on one of these videos. Wow. So he really, really helped put Koyo on the map. That's huge. Let's move on to 1-800. Lucky? Lucky. Yeah. So, and this was, in my eyes, the birth of the first food hall in Miami. So we, we brought nine different concepts and it worked. Uh, we so the idea was to create a food hall, which was the first food hall in Miami. Yeah, we didn't even think of creating a food hall. That's what it got coined to be after. What we had is this big space. And then we found out later that Chelsea Market and all these places have kind of coined this term food hall. But right. we never thought, out, we never set out to do a food hall. Right. So none of these big franchise places. Yeah, never. That that would that would turn us into um, a food court. No, yeah. <laughs> and not we that. we're an incubator. This is not a mall. Exactly. We what we want is for people, and it's a. I mean, Barry Sternlich, um, in his keynote, he said, if you guys want to know the future of hospitality, go to one eight hundred Lucky. It's a mob scene. So how does it feel to be able to? have that dream and vision that you had in the beginning that you just said i'm going to take mexican food authentic and you're going to bring it outside of mexico and not only did you do it you did it 12 times <laughs> thank you it feels incredible i mean it's something that i feel very lucky i think that that um i was very lucky it's a very proud thing to walk in you know to our location in paris and to see french people you know, eating real authentic Mexican food and, and liking it. How does it feel to be one of the people that made Wynwood what it is today? <laughs> it feels great. It's, it's something that um, I think uh, was a bit of being in the right place at the right time. Um, but I think that it's one of the neighborhoods that still hasn't, there's no Starbucks there, there's no Denny's there. It still hasn't been um, exploited. So it's, yeah, we're very proud of it. So, okay, so now you established Coyos Tacos, you had 12 locations, five more opening up this year. Yeah. You have 1-800-LUCKY, the first food hall in Miami, mm -hmm. but you're not done there. No. There's a lot more. <laughs> yes. Um, our next project uh, that came was uh, Mitch Hodberg, an amazing um, person who's been a legend here in Miami in, in the hotels, you know, developing um, with Ian Schrager and different people um, approached us and said, I'm, I'm building this um, hotel in South Beach. Um, would you be interesting to, to partner with, with me and come up with, with six new concepts and, and put them in there? This, is, this has been really, really popular. We opened this a month and a half ago and it's, it's just nonstop, nonstop. Hey, Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Rubio Punch and the Piña Colada.
these six new concepts are here in the Moxie Hotel on the beach, prime South Beach. It doesn't get better than this. Uh, it was an amazing partnership. You're a very low key guy. Yes. But you do a lot. Thank you. Yeah. How, how is that, you know, that, that way of carrying yourself have helped you or been, been a factor of your success? I think that, that it, it, it's a little different than other people. I, everyone that works with me would tell you that if I'm in Koyo tonight, and I will be there tonight, you wouldn't know that I'm the owner or that I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm dressed the way that I'm dressed right now at the side of the bar drinking a beer. Very few people, I think, are aware that I own Lucky and Koyo and all of these, these different things. And I've, it's something that I've liked. I, I don't really like the, the scene and, yeah. and being known. What advice would you give to someone starting out? Um, I think that you create your own luck. So if you put yourself in front of hundreds of situations, one of them is gonna work out. So my advice would always be that your dream Unfortunately, people around you will try to tell you that it's not going to work and it's because their dreams didn't work, but you shouldn't let parents, friends, and people around you dissuade you. That you're going to have two types of people in your life, in my eyes. Some people are going to be proud of what you're accomplishing and some people are going to be jealous. And my advice would be to try to find those red flags of people that are not yeah. encouraging you and try to, to ignore them. Right. Alan, thanks for being here. And uh, I've learned a lot from you over the past uh, few hours. I just want to thank you. Thank you very much. I've never done anything like this before, so really, really appreciate it. I hope you time. enjoyed it. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it.